0: The show! The show! You have all made it through the damn hand. You have all made it, made it, made it. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 263. Your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, let's do a little PT. That's right. Physical therapy. As someone who knows from physical therapy, I've gone through it twice because I have a messed up back. When I was 17 years old, I was playing this weird game that our swim coach had us play. It was basically full contact basketball. Went back first into a brick wall. And I've uh, been dealing with the consequences of that ever since. So when that grenade in my back explodes, i got to go do some physical therapy. I've done it twice. It's fantastic. It's really, really useful. I've avoided going under the knife, largely because I'm diligent in doing physical therapy. And on this week's show, I had someone reach out to me. His name is Dr. Jamie Bove, and he is the founder and creator of Kinetic Chain Physical Therapy here in Denver. Now, it's interesting. This is one of my favorite kind of stories. It's about someone who started in one career, realized they didn't like it that much. It wasn't for them for a variety of reasons. Went back to school, pivoted, now is doing something completely different. He started out as a chemist. Now he's a physical therapist. He's also an author. He refers to himself as a movement Jedi. He's a blogger. He's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. There's a lot going on here. And if you've never had to experience physical therapy, on one hand, you're very, very lucky. That means you are more or less injury-free and haven't had to go through the rigors of strengthening or getting feeling back or resting or rebuilding a certain part of your body. I've done it twice now with my back, and it's excruciating. It's exhausting. I lost all the feeling in my right foot. I couldn't make dorsiflexion with it, so I had to wear an AFO brace. I had to do physical therapy for months. I had to wear this stupid thing everywhere I went. It was hideously uncomfortable and made me feel like Forrest Gump or something at the beginning of that movie. But I am intensely grateful for the work that a good physical therapist will do for you. It's seriously like having a good mechanic, someone you trust, someone who is looking out for your best interests, and someone who's not just taking you to the cleaners and making you come back week after week after week, and you don't seem to be getting any better outside of those 20, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, with them. And I love what Dr. Bove says about his own practice. He was dissatisfied with the jobs that he was working because he started to see The amount of time he got with the patients just erode and sort of wither away. And that's not what he got into this for. And so, hey, you don't like something, do something about it. Change it. That's exactly what he did. Gotta love entrepreneurs. They will help this world evolve and grow and change in a positive direction. And I think Dr. Bove is doing that. He's got a book out. It's called Adding Insight to Injury, which when I heard that, I go, God, that's a perfect title. I mean, what a fantastic title. You know exactly what you're getting with that book. There's links to it on the companion blog piece, also in the show notes. So if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else, you can find links to his book, to his website, to all the social media accounts right there. Super easy. And as long as you're there, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you every Wednesday. And please, please, please leave us a rating, leave us a review. Those things help John of All Trades continue to grow. So reviews are everything. I appreciate you very much. If you're listening to this for the first time, thank you for being here. If this is your 250th time, why haven't you reviewed yet? Now then, let's get to this week's show. It's Dr. Jamie Bove, creator of Kinetic Chain, Movement Jedi, physical therapist, author, blogger, podcaster, entrepreneur, awesome dude, fun chat. He traveled around the world. We talk about that too. It's all in here, episode 263 of the John of All Trades podcast with Dr. Jamie Bove starts right now.
1: about seven or eight, and I'm doing more behind the scenes stuff, uh blogs, yeah. following up on uh developing new relationships with gym owners and things like that. And then um I work out, I eat, and then I go into work at two and then work from two to seven. And then afterwards, usually just finish up some work and
0: call it a day. So it's interesting. When you became a physical therapist, there had to be a bunch of skills that you need that are essential, you know, like all this business networking, all the stuff running the business, um, that kind of comes with the territory, but you don't necessarily anticipate at the time. Is that fair? Um, with
1: starting your own business for sure. I mean, you know, at least half of what I do at this point is not directly, you know, physical therapy. Like I still treat people obviously and do all that, but to grow a business, you just have to do so much more and it's things you're never taught, you know? And so you have to learn on, on the fly, and a lot of it's just building relationships and you know, seeing what you can do for others. You know, I think they say with marketing, half of it works. You just never know which half, right? <laughs> right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I'd say 10% of it works, and I don't know which 10%. So we're just trying to get out there as much as possible and put myself out there and help anybody I can.
0: Well, and it's impossible to know, too. Like That's the hardest part. Like You, you never know fully what's effective. I mean, unless someone tells you directly, I am here to see you because of this. Which yeah. I mean, how often does that really happen? Uh it depends
1: on what we're doing. So like our um we do a lot of community workshops where we'll go into gym and kind of show you how you're moving and help you to figure out why and what to do about it. So we do uh, get people that say directly, like we we came to your workshop, you know, we uh we are come to see you because of you, you helped us so much in that. Uh, But other than that, yeah, like the blogs and the writing and, and all those things. And, you know, we started a podcast. We started a different Facebook group. All of those things, yeah, it's, you know, you never know.
0: So this is Dr. Jamie Bove, and he is owner of Kinetic Chain. You are a physical therapist. You are an author. You are a blogger. You are a podcaster. And you were kind enough to reach out to me through Facebook, which I deleted Facebook and Twitter off my phone recently, so <laughs> I'm not as attuned to the message, and I go, oh, you know what? I actually need, like, an auto message to direct people to my email. So here we are. Thank you for reaching out, and I read up on you. You're a fascinating guy, so I'm glad you're here.
1: Oh, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I uh, kind of thought I
1: must not have been very interesting or something because it was a while before you reached out, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess i uh, just not not interested, but that's that's okay.
0: <laughs> no, and I, like... That makes me feel bad, too, because like any <laughs> any time someone is kind enough to kind of reach out and be like, hey, you know, I've got this idea. I always like I, I try to engage with them. But since I deleted that off and I'm off social media platforms, which has been great for my mental health, not right. great for the way I'm treating other people, though, I'm finding out.
1: Oh, no, I didn't I didn't take it too personal. Uh,
0: Again, you got to cast the net out wide, right? I mean, right. that's that's hard. So I'm interested. uh You've started this business and. How long have you had your eye, your designs on kind of being a physical therapist and what led you to creating your own business? Uh
1: so I wasn't a physical therapist originally. I was a chemist. So I uh graduated with a chemistry degree and I had a couple jobs in chemistry and labs and in consulting and uh I was pretty miserable. And so um What why? To, uh you know, it's not a people business. You're not interacting with people a lot. It's a lot of you and chemicals and equipment and not all jobs, of course, but most of the ones that I had were, you know, kind of interacting with just a couple people a day. If, if I can so, ask,
0: what kinds of things were you doing? Like with a chemistry degree, what, what, what kinds of work can you do with that?
1: Uh So I was an environmental, environmental consultant for a little over a year. And then I worked in a, a company that made food additive ingredients. So like the stuffing for ho-hos wow. um, and all the fats and oils. And I tested all of those. And then uh, the last one I worked for, I worked for a large pharmaceutical company, kind of in a in between research and development and um, quality control stage.
0: Wow. Okay. So I mean, that's all. I, that all sounds like interesting stuff, and I'm sure on some level, at least from a from a chemistry standpoint, it is. With that said, uh, you you were lacking in kind of human connection. So how did you that's decide funny. to pivot, and and what led you to this current role?
1: Well, I was always interested in physical therapy and it was something I was considering, uh, when I was started college. But, uh, I honestly, I just kind of, I didn't want to do the extra schooling. I thought, you know, once I'm out in the world making some money, I'll be happy. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I found out that wasn't it and decided <laughs> I wanted to go back. And the one thing I thought was really interesting about physical therapy was it's open ended problems and there is no like one. Th- size fits all solution for everything. So it's constantly challenging, working your mind every day. What works for one person is not going to work for another one. So it's all these open-ended problems and solutions that you have to come up with on the fly. I always thought that was really interesting. And so, um, you know, I didn't have any like previous bad injuries or anything before. I was a PT, which is how most people get into it, but (laughs) uh, went into it, started, I did a lot of observation hours before I ever applied uh, to school just to make sure it's what I wanted to do. And, uh, I loved it. So got into it and, you know, I first, uh, my last clinical rotation in school that you have to do to graduate was out here in Denver. And, uh, they hired me. And so I came out and I set it up that way because I wanted to move to Denver anyway. So it all worked out.
0: Well played. And, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It worked out well. I'm not going to lie. So.
0: So I'm curious when you decide to go back to school, I know. When I graduated undergrad, I knew I was not in any way prepared to go look for a job or do that. So I went and got my graduate degree in the field of study that I was in, mostly because I was good at it and I was interested in what I was studying. I think about the idea of going back to school now, and granted, you're a little further removed from it, and I go, "Wow, I don't know if I could get back into that rhythm." How was it getting back into the rhythm of school, and how much school did you actually have to do?
1: Uh, so I had been out about four years when I when I went back and it was yeah. So I did three years full time, um, grad school and then working as well. And so getting into the, you know, it's, I'm one of those people that I, when I commit, I commit. And so, you know, it was, and there really wasn't much choice. I mean, when you went to school eight or nine hours a day, uh, the first summer, oh. so it was like, you know, they, I don't think they even let you work more than like 15 hours a week at schools. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of fully committed. And so it, it didn't take that long. and, I love learning so you know it was kind of exciting learning all these new things um meeting all these new people and I think now yeah I think it'd be difficult
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure well and I mean it, as you indicated you were kind of starving for getting more human interaction and so getting back in school you'll certainly get that I know in grad school we were a program of 12 people and so the 12 of us to whatever extent I mean that sort of erodes as time goes on but you know you start out really close cuz you're all kind of in it together it's like yeah. You're you're sort of this platoon drinking from the fire hose together.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know you put in those stressful situations and you kind of uh adapt or or die and um, you know, th- those who are left really have kind of a close bond, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're the only people who have gone through sort of exactly what you've all gone through. So you you always have that bond, which is really cool. What part of the country are you from?
1: i'm from missouri originally kind of uh, by lake of the ozarks okay uh, you've, if you've seen the netflix show ozark that's uh based off of right around where i grew up
0: okay and that show accurate or no uh
1: not not entirely but some parts of it yes
0: okay it's like if you go down to uh new mexico it's like look we don't have that much meth okay <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, you know as breaking bad would have you believe right <laughs> But, uh, what drew you to Denver? Like what, what was it about here that it was sort of attractive? I hear that a lot because I'm actually a native to Colorado. I grew up in Golden. So just west of, of the city, you know, a lot of people move here. What was it about here that attracted you?
1: I think it was that outdoor lifestyle. Uh, you know, I came out here for snowboarding and, you know, wanted to snowboard every winter and then, you know, got out here and found out the summers were fantastic as well. And, you know, kind of had a, it just kind of has a fun energy to it and a fun vibrancy. That's, it's great, you know? And so learn to love it. And, you know, we have a house here and staying, staying around for the long, long haul now and have a business here. So, <laughs> um,
0: so that'll do it. Uh, I, think,
1: I wish I had some original story, but my story is the same as everybody else's. Like, came out here for the mountains, you know?
0: Well, I, I will say, I mean, maybe that aspect of your story is not terribly unique. I mean, my parents came out here. It's, it's funny. My mom, graduated college from University of Iowa. Uh she's from suburban Chicago and she got a job offer from Jefferson County School District and she goes, Yeah, all right, you know, I'll give that a shot. So uh that was yeah. like nineteen seventy or something and they've been out here ever since. But Yeah. I, I think the secret's out now because for a while Denver was yeah, kind nice. of flyover country and now everyone kinda of realizes oh no, this really is a great place in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think it's any secret at all. No. I, mean, I think it was, I moved out here in 2010 and I think the secret was getting out at that point. Um, if it hadn't already got out already, but I think one other thing that also drew me out here as well is, you know, as a physical therapist, you have when firstly, when you start out, you don't necessarily have your choice of who you want to work with, right? You have to work with anybody who comes in the door. right? Um, and, but Colorado is a very active, um, population, you know, we're, on average, much fitter and more active than most other States. So, you know, in Missouri, I'm going to be working with people who are couch potatoes and, you know, they have problems of inactivity. They don't do enough out here. I have the opposite problem. I have to hold people back from, you know, running and going up and doing skiing and doing too much, which is a great problem to have, frankly. And so I got to work with my ideal clientele, which was fantastic.
0: That's the, I mean, yeah, that is really cool. And it's funny to me, so I actually, a little personal story here. A couple of years ago, I herniated a disc in my lower back. Really, really bad. Uh, got an MRI, went and saw a back surgeon. And he said, this is the biggest disc herniation I've ever seen. And I go, thank you. I mean, anytime, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can, you can get, uh, that kind of, uh, superlative is always nice. But, uh, he said, have you been doing physical therapy? And I go, of course. And he said, let me guess, you're self-employed. And I go, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he goes, the people who either have young kids or are self-employed, and you have both, don't have time to have a back injury. So they're going to get out there and work as much as possible. <laughs> and one thing my physical therapist said, because I, I went to this one that I'd seen before, she said, a lot of people think we have, like, magic hands and magic fingers. And that you come in here, and this is when the work is done. When the work is actually done is on your own time. Um, and, and you getting the the at-bats and strengthening or doing whatever it is you need to do with the exercises that I kind of described for you. Do you identify with that? Does that make sense to you?
1: Uh, I'd say yes and no. While I, I agree in, in much of what they were saying, people will also, like, they're coming for something, right? So they're coming to be quote unquote fixed, right? Right. So if you focus, like, if when they come in, if all they do is exercise, yeah, they're going to get better, but that's not what they're coming for. Right. And, and, and exercise was clearly a problem to begin with that started it. So I feel our role is to, like, decrease the pain um, right away, get you to where you can do those things, and get you on a program that you can continue strengthening yourself. What I tell people is we make the changes with our hands. You're in charge of maintaining that and making a little progress in between the sessions. Okay. And then we progress together. Um, and eventually, obviously, like phasing you out to where you are in more charge in charge of your health, and what we always try to do is instead of putting people on like you know okay, you're gonna have to work out for the rest of your life, we figure out what you wanna do and use that as your workout so if you like to run, we're gonna be having you run, yeah, we'll tell you to we'll set up a cross training program for you, but you're gonna want to do that because you're wanna be you're gonna want to be a better runner, so it's all about finding those motivational um reasons why somebody wants to do some.
0: Okay, that that makes good sense and in, I mean in my particular case I had lost feeling in my right foot and I couldn't make dorsiflexion with it. So right. she like she's like you have to build up some uh you know like you have to get those neural pathways going again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like I can only do so much in here and er, any time I'd go and see her she was great and I'd feel better after I left. But to yeah. kind of get that going, I think I think what we're saying the same thing in that, yeah, you're going to get help and you're going to feel better. But some of the work is on the patient. Is that fair?
1: Absolutely. And and I think we're you're not going to be able if you can't move your foot because of a nerve problem, you're not going to be able to out exercise. Right. She has to do something. Right. I think probably what she was trying to uh allude to is not to rely on her that you have an active part in this. Yeah. um, And that you are going to have to put in work as well and not just strictly rely on her quote unquote, fixing you. I think, you know, with, we, we work with active adults who are motivated to get back to something and nobody else. And so our people are doing that anyways. You know what I mean? So I am coming oh, from sure. a slightly yeah, yeah, different, yeah. uh, aspect. So I, I hear what she's saying. I do. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's, we're both involved, right?
0: Yeah, of course. It, it, it's a partnership. And I think some people ignore their own agency in this, you know, like you yeah. go, you, you go to the dentist and, you know, you expect them to do an examination. They give you cleaning and stuff. But it's kind of up to you to keep flossing. Yeah, absolutely. So um how long were you sort of employed as a physical therapist before you decided to go out on your own? And what ultimately led to that decision?
1: So let me think here. So I went out on my own late 2016. So I graduated in 2010. 2016, I was in a job that was... um well, let me back up. So I started a couple of years earlier at this job, and we were seeing one patient every other hour. We were getting great results. There is, like, a, a ranking. You can you can rank yourself against other physical therapists all around the country based off of how fast your patients get better how how bad they were coming. It's all numbers-based. But so we started off at two patients an hour, and at that point I was, like, 98th percentile in the country, and then we moved to three patients an hour. And then we moved to three patients an hour, but they're doing more exercise. And then instead of working with me, they're working mostly with a tech. And then we started going where at the end of the days we were doing four patients an hour. So my, you know, my ranking went from 98, 95, 90, 85, 80. It got down to about, got down to about 70. (laughs) You know, I was just like, I talked to the owner. It wasn't going to, nothing was going to change. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was soul crushing to know that if you had five more minutes with somebody, you could get them better. But because you didn't, they may not get better. Wow. And it was, and and because of that, maybe they go now have a surgery that they never needed, that now has complications. They end up with, and I've known people who have died from surgeries, like just regular routine surgeries. You know, oh yeah, is, you know, point oh one percent, but it happens. And so there, there's you know, certainly
0: risk in that. Anytime yeah. you're going to go under anesthesia and go under the knife, I mean, yeah, that's you want to avoid that. Even the back surgeon I had, he said, look, I'm a back surgeon and I don't know that I would get back surgery. And I thought you have an odd career choice then, sir, but (laughs) I mean, okay. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, it was just, it was soul crushing. And so I quit, um, and I didn't know if I wanted to continue in rehab. And so me and my wife traveled the world for about six months, five or six months. Um, and, uh, we came back and the job I had set up, For when I came back, fell through the week we got here. (laughs) And then, um, so kind of just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then, um, I linked up with a chiropractor who was uh, looking to kind of start a new style of business. And, um, we started in CrossFit gym and, you know, I decided I I did want to come back, but I wanted to come back and do it my way, which meant, you know, spending extended one-on-one time with people only working with me, the physical therapist, um, and kind of communicating just, you know, to the nth degree about everything, doing videos for exercising. You get my phone number, just, you know, being more of like that old house call doc that went to your house. Like we're trying to provide that level of service, but, and more, you know, from a physical therapist. And so since we've been doing that, uh, 2016, late, late 2016, we started, uh, and it's been growing tremendously. Um, and we're in Cherry Creek now, uh, we've got another physical therapist, another office manager, Um, and, uh, soon we'll be starting women's health services as well, which is exciting.
0: Wow. Okay. So a lot going on there that I want to tackle first is you hearing you describe that where you, you've got at your previous place of employment, it's, it's almost like a factory kind of mindset. You know, you want as many people per hour and you know that you're, you're trying to achieve some level of cost efficiency, but based on what you said, kind of at the expense of actual patient care. Yeah. And so what you're describing reminds me of the very beginning of the movie Jerry Maguire. Right? Where he's he's kind of uh he's like less clients, uh fewer clients, less money, that kind of thing. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, no, let's actually dedicate, let's let's get back to why we're doing this in the first place. Right. And so, you know, having seen that movie just not that long ago, it's on cable probably right now as we record this. I had that top of mind. And so I I think that's really cool. Anytime you can have that moment where you go, I'm not doing this for the right reasons or I'm not in a business that is doing this for reasons that align with me philosophically, then Mm -hmm. starting your own business is certainly the right motivation.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think especially chiropractors have done it for years where they've kind of went out on their own and kind of, you know, done their own thing. And PT really hasn't. PT's really been, we've relied on doctors to give us referrals. Mm. frankly. And because of that, you know, we have been reliant on insurance. And so when insurance changes uh, and so insurance pays less now than they did in 1980, but costs gosh. have risen a lot. Right. So, you know, it's been forced on clinics. I, I don't blame the owner at all. He had to do what he had to do, but sure. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that from a patient's perspective, it doesn't mean that you're getting the best care. And so, you know, we had to kind of figure out how to be able to deliver the best care been overwhelmingly positive I'll say it that way from a patient from what the patients are telling us uh and you know there are more and more physical therapists going this route that we are you know it's a it's a great thing to see because it's really putting the patient first
0: that's i mean that's outstanding that's exactly what what you want and i think with things like that and kind of the way the insurance model works in this country and just healthcare in general the entire system needs a, uh, an enema <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Just, Absolutely. I mean, from from top to bottom, I I think that's ultimately what it comes down to, and what you're describing is certainly symptomatic of that. The other thing I'll say is, uh, if you think you're going to gloss over just traveling around the world um, for <laughs> for months, uh, then you sur- sorely don't know this show. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, you you wrap this up, and I think it's it's probably a much needed break. But where did you go? What was it like? And what were some of the highlights?
1: Uh, we went to New Zealand, Australia, all of Southeast Asia, almost all of Southeast Asia, India, France, Spain, no, not Spain, France, Belgium, and then went home. Yeah. Wow. So, so how
0: how long were you out?
1: Uh, it was about five months. Okay. It was, you know, it was, it was a little rushed if I look back on it, but at the time I was like, I'm probably only ever going to do this once. So I want to hit all of these places. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had to do it again, I'd probably slow down a little bit and maybe, skip some of them and try to hit them later, but, uh, you know, it was great. It got to meet a lot of the different cultures and, uh, New Zealand was fantastic. I, I kind of consider it like, um, Colorado on steroids with the ocean is kind of how I feel <laughs> like, um, New Zealand is, but you know, fantastic. Just trying new things and learning and, uh, meeting new people. It was interesting though. Cause you know, we were. We were like 33, 34, no, 33, 34 when we did this. And um so kind of, we were more or less kind of almost like on the backpacker circuit, but we weren't really staying in hostels because mm. especially in Asia, it's 10 bucks to stay in a hotel anyway. like <laughs> why stay in a host- hostel? Uh But, you know, it's the people who are traveling are generally young or they're old. Like, so, <laughs> so like, you know, you're not hanging out with the older people. The younger people don't want to hang out with you. So you're still kind of by yourself, which is really uh interesting. It's not something I expected at all.
0: Well, it's either that or you become like the most popular kid in school there because (laughs) my wife and I, she used to work for this company that did like travel tours. It was like Viking Cruises, but I mean, it wasn't that company, but it was like that. Yeah. And so it's mostly like retirees. So they sent us on this one portion of it, like through Colorado. We are the youngest people on the bus by 30 years. Yeah, and so like everyone loves to talk to us because it's like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? <laughs> and so you just become the hit of the trip, which is is kind of fun. You're like, I I never expected at this point in my life to kind of be the most popular kid on the field trip, mm-hmm. which uh, which is kind of goofy. If you had to pick a favorite spot, um, you, oh, you mentioned New Zealand. Give me one other highlight.
1: Um, Indonesia. We hiked Mount Rinjani, which is um. Indonesia is like hiking is a little bit different than Colorado. Like there are no switchbacks. You just go straight up the mountain. Like oh. you just go straight up. And so it started off, you know, zero, well, not zero, but very low elevation, 95 degrees, 95% humidity, green. And then by the end of the day, you camp out on a volcanic rim uh that's at like 10,000 feet. And inside that rim, there's a lake. And inside that lake, there's an active volcano. <laughs> and so from there, we hiked up another 2000 feet of basically like loose rock sand Saw the sunrise and it's coming up over Bali and a couple other islands. It was amazing. Hiked down into the rim. There were some hot springs in there. Relax your bones. Hiked up 4,000 feet. Camped out on the other side of the rim. And then went down like 8,000 feet. And like, I'm from Colorado and I I hike a lot and I was sore. Like, it was, it's a hike for sure. Uh, But that was pretty, that was a big highlight as well.
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds like, I mean, expert level hiking. And it reminds me of something my friend said who is big into like bike racing. He'll follow the tour to France and he said, I, I'm like, we have big mountains here. Why don't they have bike races here? And he said, professional cyclists are used to sprinting up very steep hills, like for a short time. Mm. The extended switchbacks we have here just destroys that type of cycler.
1: Really interesting.
0: And and so for you, you know, as a hiker, um, how do the two compare? Like which, which one ultimately is preferable? Which one's harder or are they just different from each other? Um,
1: well, I don't know that I've done like a three day hike in Colorado, but it was just really interesting because the land had shifted and they don't have the same safety standards in Indonesia that they do here. So, um, at certain parts you had to like rock climb up, uh, with your pack on. Uh, you know, the, there was large drop offs. So it was just way different than what you'd expect here.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's always interesting when you go to another country and you go, oh, the safety standards are a little bit different. It's, it's like, um, in, in the U.S., there are so many traffic lights and stop signs and signals and everything. You go to other parts of the world and there's really not much going on there. And it's kind of like driving through Thunderdome, <laughs> which, uh, which is always funny to me. So, uh, you said you're growing pretty, uh, intensely in this business. Um, what do you attribute that success to? Like, how do you differentiate yourself from other types aside from, you know, relying on insurance and, you know, sort of this get them in, get them out factory model. How do you differentiate yourself in terms of service?
1: Um, so, so most of our people are at this point are just getting referred to us, um, or have heard about us or are through our like community workshops. But what, one thing we do is we want to make sure we're the right fit for people. So before We have a lot of like free resources on our website, like five ways to ease your back pain. And we have it for most body parts and things like that. And so a lot of people will download those. They get to know us. They get to know our ideas. We'll call them after that. And we have about a 25-minute conversation with them on the phone to learn about who they are, what they want to accomplish, what they've tried, what's worked, what's their past experiences. And basically, we want to make sure that we think we can help them and they're a good fit. And obviously, that's for free. Um, and then from there, how we start most people, cause most people that have worked with us have been let down five or six other places at least. (laughs) Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of looking for a different type of solution. So after that, we bring them in for what we call a free discovery visit, free discovery visits, about 25 minutes. Um, it's where we put them through an examination, give them a diagnosis, answer any questions that they might have, and then give them several paths going forward. There's no treatment, but, uh, what it is, is it gives them more information so they can make a better, more well-informed decision about their health. And so, you know, we've already given them an uh, an hour of our time before we have ever done anything. And I think by the time you give somebody that much, they know whether they want to work with you or not. And then after that, obviously, you know, we, we do the one-on-one care only with the doctor, hour-long appointments um communicating back and forth, videoing everything for them. We're sending stuff all the way. So we've just really tried to flip the script into something that's dreaded, to mm. something that's kind of, you know, an excited part of our day. And Courtney and Crystal, our staff, they're fantastic. Like, you know, people love just to talk to them um, and they'll hang around for 10 minutes to talk to them afterwards. They'll show up early to catch up with them. So we've really just tried to change the whole atmosphere of everything as well as just make it a no brainer and kind of walk people across that bridge. Cause we kind of see PT and injury. Like there's a chasm right And down below these two rocks, there's rocks and there's ocean and you're going to die. We're trying to build that bridge for you so that it's just easy to cross that, you know, it's not scary. And so, you know, we've, we've done a good job at it. And, and so, and I, and I'm talking more about my staff. I'm not trying to compliment myself. Um, they've done a fantastic job of learning how to communicate with people and connect with people um, and just really, answer every possible question for them so that they can make up their mind on their own if they want to work with us or not.
0: Uh, is it a tough walk uphill because you said people come in, you know, having been burned by five or six different places, are they skeptical? Do you have to kind of break that wall down or does all this kind of free consultation do that work for you?
1: Both? Yeah. They're very skeptical. I mean, if you've had, if you haven't had success with five other people, like it's kind of like, you know, most people give up. I'll be honest. Most people just give up at that point and say it's not going to happen. But those people who haven't given up yet, you know, they're, they still believe in themselves a little bit. They just don't know if you're the right person. But by the time we do all of those things, you know, we talk to them on the phone, they already, they can already tell we're different. Uh, and I don't know how many people I've had, you know, 10 minutes into a conversation and they were like, you've already talked to me more than my medical practitioner talked to me in six months. So I can already tell you're different. But by the time we do those things, they can tell how different we are. So, they can tell by that point.
0: Yeah, I I think that's cool. You know, anytime you kind of get that level of care, it's almost like finding a good mechanic, where mm-hmm. uh, like you're going to hold on to him for life, and you are going to like spread the word for him. So, how long did it take you to kind of get to that critical mass where you know you're you're almost like a lot of the work is being done for you, where referrals come in. I know in my business, and I'm just a communications consultant. At about the three year mark. I had a lot more inbounds than I was having to do, sort of like cold calling or outbounds or, you know, lead generating activity. Um, how long did it take for you?
1: You know, I th- I feel like we were starting to get there back in uh, about March. The uh, things obviously, yeah, and things things really slowed down uh, since then, and so I, it's just getting back on track. Uh, but uh, you know, we we have, I do feel like we're going to get there again pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard that a bunch. I was having a killer first quarter and then March hit. Yeah, March was, uh, actually a record month for us,
1: um, even with everything that happened. So we were really starting to hit it on all strides and we're going to get back. I think we're, we're learning new things. We're getting out into the community differently than we were before, but we found some new things and they're working for us.
0: How is physical therapy different during the time of COVID than versus when we're not in the middle of a pandemic?
1: At this point, it's not a whole lot. I mean, there, we have a couple patients who want to do virtual sessions and those are obviously different. We've had them. Um, just not many people have wanted them, to be honest. They, you know, preferred the in person and we're known for, you know, how much hands on care that we give people, especially compared to other people in Denver. You know, as far as the people when they're coming in, it's not much different. You wear a mask and that's really about it. We, you know, we have people go through the safety protocol when they come in wash their hands. We wash our hands in front of them. We always have taken great uh, disinfecting care o- over everything with hospital grade disinfectant. So I would say it's all that different for most people. The experience.
0: Tell me a little bit about your book. And so what kind of uh, what propelled you to write a book? Because I mean, I boy, that's that's another thing where that's a whole undertaking on its own. I mean, you've you've started your own business and now you've written a book. What propelled you to write it? And give me a synopsis.
1: Well, so I've had these ideas for a long time. Um, I teach other medical professionals all around the country that need uh, continuing education units to maintain their licensure. And so along the way, I've kind of had these ideas and I've I've put these ideas out there during these classes just to see what other people were thinking. And, you know, everybody was kind of like, oh, wow, I never thought about it that way. And I was like, OK, I know I'm onto to something here. And so a lot of and then I also took what patients and clients and people at our community seminars were saying when I explained certain concepts, I could see kind of the light bulb moment for him. Like, Oh, okay. I've never heard it that way. And then, uh, one of our former employees, she had this book and I was like, and it's all scribbled in. And she was like, one day I was like, what's in there. I see writing in there a lot. She's like, Oh, these are my Jamieisms," And I was like, what is that? And she's like, this is how you explain things to people that for me, I never thought of it that way. But when you explain it, it really makes a lot of sense. So when I talk to people on the phone, sometimes I'll use these to help explain. And uh I was kind of like, okay, we we've got to get this information out there. And I think, you know, the book, it kind of starts as, you know, what if everything you've ever been told about injury recovery is wrong, then uh, that's the first chapter, the next chapter. And it's meant to dispel those myths about injury recovery, you know, you're just getting old. Just rest when you're injured. You just need an MRI, those type of things. Um, and then it goes into the next chapter is the mistakes people are making with injury recovery. So we go over what you're doing wrong that can keep you injured. Uh, and then the third chapter is why people still have, uh, this problem when they shouldn't. So a lot of a different kind of spend on different things you're doing wrong. Um, listening to friends, family for injury oh, yeah. advice, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, trying YouTube exercises to Kim, get rid of your
0: consulting, Dr. Google.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's in there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then we go into each, uh, body region. So shoulder, neck, back, hips, knees, ankles. And, uh, we go into kind of a, a version of that for each body part and then also tell you what needs to happen and for, for you to get better. Um, and then we go into, there's a wellness section where we talk about like meditation, sleep, hydration, uh, food. Uh, and then there's a section on how to choose the right provider for you. Um, frequently asked questions and that's kind of the book, but, and Mm. so we've gotten really good responses. You know, it hit, um, it was a bestseller in 10 categories on Amazon when it
0: released. God, that's awesome. Like, can you give me an insight of a Jamieism that she wrote down? Do you like, do you have one Uh, off the top of your head?
1: I can probably... I mean, the books, I tried to put as many of them in the book as possible. Yeah. And then I also tried to fill the book with stories as well. So it's not just like clinical talk. There's stories of past patients. There's interesting things that happen. There's uh images. There's graphs. That Here's one. Well, actually, here's one for you. So, you know, there's people who... Um, they'll go to certain providers week, every week, right? For months and years and years. And they're just constantly going. And it's it's like, if you're car had an oil leak and you took it to a mechanic every week either he's a really bad mechanic or he's taking advantage of you either way you need to find a new mechanic
0: (laughs) yeah i think i that's uh that's solid i like that and it's got a great title too like i saw that i go okay that's that's nice and that's a sticky title it's from uh adding insight to injury yeah Uh, is that is that an original you
1: Uh, so my friend is actually a, um, screenwriter out in LA. And so I was, we were coming up with some injuries and it was going to be bulletproof recovery. And I was like, it's just not perfect, right? Like it's not me. It's not exactly what I want. I kind of told him what I was going for. And he was like, it sounds like you're writing a manifesto. And I was like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Am I important enough to write a manifesto? Can I say that? And I was, and I've ended, I, (laughs) I determined that I was not. Um, so he came up (laughs) this is one of the terms that he had. And I was like, that is perfect. Like, That is exactly what this is supposed to be, it's adding insight to all those things that you have questions about that you don't know the answers to um, so that you can use this new answer and use this new information to help yourself get better in whatever way is appropriate for you.
0: Well, I think I've told this story on the show before, but the original title of this podcast was like X with X because my last name is Ekstrom. So it's X with you know, X, like, you know, undetermined, like, I have a different person, fill in the X, solve for X, that kind of thing. That sucks. And, (laughs) like, it was the best that I could come up with, though, and I was just, like, drinking one night with my wife, and she goes, why don't you just call it John of All Trades? And she said it so flippantly, and I was so pissed because it was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, she said it, and I go, yep, that's the name of the show. Like, you pinned it. Like, it was perfect. And so, it's always amazing, like... So, uh, bulletproof recovery, you go, yeah, that's good. Like it, it, it's not evocative enough though, you know, Mm -hmm. like adding insight to injury, I go, I know exactly what this book is about. So, um, which is just so cool.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've worked on the title and the subtitle for, I don't know how many nights and just hours and hours at a time. And, you know, I think and it's kind of the same thing, like with our logo. And I had so many people like, just pick something. It doesn't matter. But, you know, every part of this is so personal to me that like I just focus on this like you know just like I do on any other part of my business like it's that important I want to put that much effort into it uh so that it's perfect um yeah and, and you know you want to be proud of it as well so
0: yeah 100% well it's funny I, as a physical therapist and as a chemistry guy I wouldn't expect uh this level of sort of wordplay out of you but on your site you you also list yourself as a movement jedi yeah <laughs> And I quite like that. So, I mean, you you've got kind of the two sides. There's there's sort of the the sciencey side, and then the the much more sort of playful, artistic, whimsical side. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think most physical therapists take themselves too seriously. To oh, really? Um, yeah. And so, you know, we've got to communicate on a different level. Like, you know, we don't can't if you just come across and you're like. I'm Dr. So-and-so and and you speak this clinical language and and you have this head, this in your head of I'm so important. Like (laughs) you're never going to communicate very effectively with your patients. So anytime you can make them smile, make them laugh, uh, make them enjoy, enjoy your presence. Right. Everything is just going to work so much easier. So, you know, I just, I say I'm a movement Jedi and that's the first thing on there. I don't don't even, I think I list physical therapist third. Um, and so I think it is third. yeah, Yeah. So, um, you know, we just wanted to, make people feel comfortable. And, uh, and it, I also think not many people really understand what we do as physical therapists. Most people think we're kind of like a, either a glorified personal trainer or kind of a massage therapist that gives you <laughs> exercise. So they don't really know what we do in the first place. I think when you say you're a movement Jedi, people kind of have an idea of what you do all of a sudden, you know, they they laugh at it and they're like, okay, you help me move better. Yes. Yes. exactly. <laughs> so it just simplifies it and it helps, I think helps communicate. Uh, and I think, Communication is one area where the physical therapy physical therapy profession has uh, not done a good job at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny if you haven't had to experience a physical therapist, I think you've probably had some luck in terms of injury in your life. Yeah, like yeah. If, if you don't actually know what a physical therapist does, then uh, you're you're very lucky. That's probably not going to last forever. yeah but the other thing i'll say is i i relate to you when you say physical therapists take themselves too seriously i know a lot of pr people who are just such stuffy idiots and and they're so self-serious and it's like what we're doing you know like let's let's really think about how we're doing this press release it's like god get over yourselves like none of this has to be that hard Right. Like we're, we're all people at the end of the day, let's relate to each other, you know, without sort of this affectation that I think is, is needless and doesn't really help anyone.
1: Yeah. I I mean, communication is key, right?
0: Yeah. 100%. So, okay. Um, I know you got some patience to get to, so we're going to wrap up here shortly. Tell me like in terms of the vision for your business, like if you have one, (laughs) let's say going forward that you look back on this and you go, I have been wildly successful and I achieved what I wanted to. Um, what does that look like for you? Are you growing? Do you want to take your model and expand it across the country? Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what does that look like for you?
1: So we say that we want to become the new standard in healthcare, um, from a communication standpoint, from a quality standpoint. And, you know, we're really trying to do that, but obviously you have to grow one at a time. So, you know, we want to grow first in the Denver area and, and keep, you know, a hundred thousand people out of needless injections, medications and surgeries. Um, and then from there, you know, see if we can kind of grow it regionally. And then from there, wherever, uh, you know, I think finding the right people, finding the right people to buy into your vision, which isn't always easy. And, um, you know, finding those quality people that will help you grow will be key. So that's, you know, I think we have a great staff right now and, uh, you know, we'll need some more as we grow, obviously, but yeah, our, our, our goal is to become the new standard in healthcare, not only in physical therapy, but in healthcare in general, because I really feel like I don't know. I forgot what the exact number of people that go into a, a family practice, the doctor's office, with musculoskeletal injuries, but it's the third largest, right behind heart disease and the flu. Hmm. So if, and really, they should probably be seeing a PT, yeah, not a not a family practice who's just going to say rest, take some medicine if it's not better, see me in eight weeks, right? And then at, the, and, and at that point, they're going to say, "Oh, go try an MRI." When the MRI turns negative. Go try a PT. It just, we just need to cut that down. We can keep so many people out of pain. Um, and so to do that, we have to grow. And to do that, we have to do a better job of getting out in the community and putting ourselves out there.
0: 100%. And it's funny. I knew when I, when I herniated that disc in my back, I had to go to urgent care first, obviously, because I, like, I couldn't move and I, I had hot pain knives shooting down both sciatic nerves. So I had to go kind of get immediate relief. But the next place I went, was physical therapist and like they didn't even tell me to do that, but I had worked with, you know, this person before and I'm like, this is where I need to go. I know this mm-hmm. helped me before. This is what I'm doing. So I, I think you're right in more that you can short circuit that and, and get people there sooner. They're, they're going to recover a lot quicker and experience a lot less pain. So I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Now's the time on the show when we do plugs. Where can people find you? Where can they find kinetic chain? Anything you want to plug at all? Do it now.
1: I got lots of them. I got lots of them. So. Oh, I can't wait uh, on Instagram at kinetic chain, Denver on Facebook, kinetic chain, Denver, physical therapy. Uh, the book is called adding insight to injury, the ultimate injury recovery guide to help you, re- to help you reclaim the life you love. Um, we also have a podcast that just started called fit and healthy Denver, where we'll be interviewing people in the fitness, health and wellness uh, space and giving you insiders information behind people that uh the, best people to help you that you've never heard of. Um And then associated with that, we also have a Facebook group, which is a little bit different. It's also called Fit and Healthy Denver, but it's all the people that we're going to interview and kind of the Avengers of healthcare to answer all of your uh health, wellness, and fitness questions. And I think that's about it. Maybe one day we'll start Twitter. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, fantastic. All of that will be linked in the show notes. So if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any other podcatcher, you can find it there or always at johnofalltrades.us. I have more than 260 episodes. This will be among them. And it is a great resource for getting in touch with Dr. Jamie Bove and Kinetic Chain. This was a real pleasure, man. I'm so happy you reached out to me. I apologize for how long it took me to get <laughs> back to Not you. Not at all. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that we actually... Uh, got a chance to do this and yeah, absolutely, it's fun. if, uh, if I, hopefully I don't do this, but if I blow my back out again, if I have that grenade <laughs> in there, uh, see me. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be giving you a call. So thank you so much and continued success to you.
1: All right. Thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate it and had a great time.
0: And that'll do it for episode 263 of the John of all trades podcast with Dr. Jamie Bove, creator of Kinetic Chain, author, blogger, movement, Jedi, physical therapist, entrepreneur, and all-around great guy. You want to get in touch with me? Do you have an idea for a guest? Email is the best way to do that. John, J-O-N, at Defcom.us. D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. That's my company, Def Communications, the producer of this podcast, and three others out there. So... If you're looking to get a podcast going, hit me up. I will help you conceptualize it, produce it, execute it, whatever you need, start to finish. I'm right there for you. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. You need to reach people, you want to do some online advertising, you want to do some social media marketing, you want to build a website. 4Degrees can help you optimize that to ensure that the people who need to see your message most are out there and you're targeting them specifically. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Stay up with me on social media. That's J-O-A-T pod. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Across platforms, baby. How often does that happen? Episode previews go up on Monday. That's Facebook only. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. I'm out of here for this week. I got a brand new episode for you next week. It's a good one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Me and this dude, when we started talking, it's like we've known each other for years, even though we just met. Love when that happens. So, stay safe. Stay sane. Wear your damn mask. Can't wait to hear you again. And until I do, say goodnight, crazy.
1: That's good, Johnny.